Thursday night, 8 p.m., folks. You know what that means. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we are going to have a packed show tonight, folks, because there is business dealings afoot, people being released, uh, streaming deals starting up that don't include wrestling and all kinds of other stuff, including The Rock crashing SmackDown. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. We're glad you're here with us, folks. Stay with us. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast starts right now. everybody it's thursday night it's 8 p.m you know what that means it's time for your big gold belt wrestling podcast and we are so glad you're here with us this week we got three of the crew in effect tonight you got me will we got damian next to me and we got the giant crab jamal all the way on the end on the right there gentlemen we have a very newsworthy day to talk about today here on the big gold belt wrestling podcast so i think we're gonna have a packed show the next hour is going to be quite busy as we have a lot to run down. So how's everybody doing before we get into it? Good, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Black Trash Back Day. Uh, you know, my favorite non-government holiday. Uh, you know, uh, it's, yeah, since Arbor Day. Uh, that's, that's yeah, I'm very excited. There we go. There we go. We will get to everything involving uh, trash bags and releases and all that as our second topic because we're going to go right out of the gate. Today was a a kind of a banner day in wrestling as far as like stuff being announced. Just bang, bang, bang as the day went on. Everything started this morning with uh, the announcement from WWE and NBC Universal that next year, fall 2024, SmackDown will return to USA Network. The deal with Fox will come to an end. Uh, Fox had been rumored to not be in the running to uh, do a renewal with what the rights increase would take. So apparently that is not happening, and the deal is done with new TKO Group Holdings announcing that it will be a five-year deal with NBC in uh, October 2024. Interestingly enough, here's the interesting part. There's a little added part of this. They're still talking about SmackDown being on Friday nights and all that. Back on USA Network. They're not talking about putting it back on Tuesday or anything. Added little twist to this. The partnership also involves four specials a year to air on NBC in prime time. So an added little bonus in there. And it's rumored to be for $1.4 billion. About a 40% increase over what they were getting for Fox. (laughs) So lots of money getting made already. Over this, you know, this new ownership's already uh, cashing in on uh, getting some money coming in and up. In so the what I'm what I'm hearing is we're going to get Saturday night's main event back. That's what yeah. I'm hearing about those four times a year. Basically. That would be that would be my guess. Or maybe they heck maybe they go so far as to put uh, some of these pay per views on uh, NBC. Well, realistically, 
I want to see uh, Saturday Night Live get replaced by Shotgun Saturday Night. Oh, there you go. Hey, it does say primetime, so who knows? That'll be interesting to see once we get there in a year what exactly they're planning with that. Now, here's the added wrinkle. Uh, Hollywood, The Hollywood Reporter mentioned in you know, lots of media coverage about this today. They specifically mentioned towards the end of their article that Monday Night Raw and NXT – will continue to rare, uh, air on on USA Network through September 24. There's been nothing done with v- deals involving Raw or NXT yet. So mm. my initial thought was, oh my God, they're they're trying to get everything back under the USA umbrella, probably with the idea that have everything on Peacock, the Peacock streaming rights are coming up, so you could have everything together, but that might not necessarily be the case here. Apparently, there is lots of talk that there is extensive interest in raw from a number of sources, both linear TV and possibly streaming. So a deal for raw has not been done. Nothing is official, including raw. And I guess there's two ways to think of this here. One, they're trying to get everything back under NBC, which I can totally see making sense. Like I said, with the idea that the streaming rates have been on Hulu, which are also up, but it would make a heck of a lot of sense in my mind. If you had everything together and then had next day streaming on Peacock, that's a tidy little package you have there. Thing is, $1.4 billion just for SmackDown, I think that's going to cost a lot of money to pull that off. So here's the other idea possibly in my head, and I'm going to throw it to you guys, is what's possibly going on here that there's so much interest in Raw that they already know that we can't afford to keep Raw. The price is going to go way up on Raw. So we're getting SmackDown with the idea that at least we still have something major that's WWE if we're losing Raw on Monday nights because it's going to some other network out there of some sort. Damien, I'm going to go to you first. What's your thoughts on this with how this is played out today with SmackDown going to USA? Well, to go back to what we're saying about the USA kind of panicking almost, knowing that Raw may not be, uh, be on their channel any, any longer, uh, it goes back to when it started. You know, Raw started on USA, you know, bringing wrestling into prime time on a daily or weekly basis. You know, the whole weekly episodic television show bit. So the thought of it not being on USA or any WWE programming for the network itself, I think for all of us longtime followers of WWE would have been kind of, I don't know, it reminds me of the TNN days where it's like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 USA isn't going to have a WWE programming? They, they, you know, because some people forgot the TNN days, you know, the Spike TV era, you know, that existed. So just for, I guess, for me personally, as a longtime fan, you don't think about that. But in reality, the networks do like, look, we've had this show for how long? Yeah, we need to keep something of this of this fan base coming into whatever USA show that's going to bleed over at the 11 o'clock hour, be it Silk Stockings, Pacific Blue (laughs) 2.0 or or whichever back. You know, or whatever was it, uh, first night or something like that with the weird crime report and like castle reruns, like, you know, something like that. So for me personally, I think it's a survival method of USA to keep the WWE banner on their programming because with this new merger, like you said, think about the other options they could have had. They can take this anywhere. It could go to a, a cable streaming service. It could go to some sort of like privatized, um, I guess like Amazon or, or anything of that ilk. So for USA as a cable channel to still be able to hold any kind of WWE programming, I take that as a win. So good for them. 
So I'm reading the actual Hollywood Reporter uh, article, and it says, and I quote the article, NBC Universal, which owns USA and NBC, has been in business for WWE for decades. Okay, cool. Uh, and reading further, it says, while the new deal will bring WWE to NBC primetime and SmackDown to USA on Friday nights, it will also mean the end of Raw and NXT on USA. Mm-hmm. So, okay, fine. They're going to add Saturday night shows or something like that. But realistically, Raw on NBC is the move. When does it air? Because does Tuesday night Raw happen? Does Wednesday night Raw happen? Now, now maybe not because they gave uh, NBC gave uh, uh, Chicago its own day. Uh, mm. Law and Order has Tuesdays, but does uh, you know Thursday night Raw happen and Friday night uh, SmackDown happen? Uh, logistically for WWE, that makes sense. You know, as far as like booking arenas, they could easily do multi-day events and or hell even you know can't have one show. Uh, Raw could still be three hours because primetime on NBC. Is from eight to eleven Eastern. Very true. Okay, cool. But I think that just because it's on NBC doesn't mean it's going to be on Mondays. Right. That's going to be interesting. As far as the whole leaving USA Network, I don't know why. Where so many life loyal fans of USA Network came out of the woodwork today, um, with their <laughs> clutching their USA you know, leather, Letterman jackets. USA um, will never lose Raw. I was told today emphatically. Supposedly. Except when it happened before. Right. There is precedence for this. It has yeah. happened before. And nobody gave a shit about USA when it left. So it wasn't like people were like holding a candlelight vigil outside of, you know, their New York studios or anything like that. Um, so I'm, that's, I'm less worried about that, which, of course, if you're NBC, that frees up more real estate for sports. We've already seen what Disney has done with um, the XFL on FX or uh, branching out throughout their cable um, uh, spectrum instead of just dumping everything on ESPN+. So I think the NBC would be smart to do a similar thing with whatever sports they're going to have. Maybe not football, but they could pick up an extra hockey day. They could pick up an extra, you know, basketball day or whatever the thing is. You know, maybe it's Monday Night Football, but cool. We could also have, you know, NBA Mondays on NBC on USA Network. They already use it for the Olympics. They already use it for other sports things. So I think uh, I wouldn't necessarily cry river about USA losing Raw. As far as bringing bringing Raw to uh, the masses, and when I say the masses, I mean uh, 99% of households have a television. Those televisions get NBC. Right. In some way, shape, or form, they will get NBC. So you don't have to pay for that. You know, right. that's so not a, with Fox. Yeah, that, that's what you do. So uh, I've long said that uh, AEW should be on CBS. That should be the move that they should try to, to make work because of the fact that they have so many other sports and streaming outlets, assuming that TNT and, and Turner uh, deal doesn't get renewed. I like the idea of Raw on, on NBC. Um, I like the idea that it creates more integration with their other NBC properties. I like the idea of it being on Peacock the next day. Uh, you know, and then, of course, if you, it, it, it goes back, and if you're old enough, to, this is the thing about getting old. You're thinking that everything is new until you're old enough to remember how it happens. And the way that it used to be is that you would book the shows for the pay-per-view. And then the network came out, and now they're booking pay-per-views for Raw. 
Right. And then now that the network is kind of, well, transformed into whatever it is now, they're going back to booking shows for the pay-per-view because everybody and their mother has access to a TV. They have access to NBC. So now that we have access to NBC, how do we get the payoff? How do we get the come up? Oh, we got to go to Peacock for that. You got to go to Peacock Premium for that. So that so they they have essentially gone back to the analog way of booking the product they could as to book the show for the pay-per-view again, making pay-per-views more special. Yes, uh hopping on Peacock for the pay for the pay-per-view at $10 a month may be a drop in the bucket for you compared to 50, 60 bucks that it used to be. Right. But for NBC, uh getting an extra couple billion people on Peacock, you know as part of their, uh, and bolstering their uh, resume from their live sports with uh, just soccer and stuff like that that they have and, um, you know, Sunday Night Football live on Peacock and everything like that and movies and whatever from Universal, it totally makes sense that WrestleMania feels more special, you know, pay-per-views still feel more special because now that everybody has access to Raw, I have to have, um, I have to see the pay-per-view now. So I, I think that that could be a thing that go, we go back to that uh, pre-WWE network way of booking. And I hope, and I would like to see it change, you know, that way. And they have some really hot, you know, uh, things going on right now. The Bloodline, uh, Judgment Day is a big deal. And the only way to see the big payoff would be to get Peacock. Smart move if you're NBC, because they need People, because the streaming uh, thing, people don't realize that uh, this streaming thing is is not a, a winning uh, business model. Uh, it's becoming cable TV all over again. With all and it has to. Yeah. <laughs> it has to, because you can't slice the pie so many different ways and expect the foundation to still be solvent. Uh, I'm not going to pay for everything. I'm only going to pay for one thing. Don't give me a choice. And that's that's what cable was. We didn't have a choice in what we watched or what we could were offered. It was a hundred bucks a month or whatever the thing was, and you got all of it. And if you wanted a little bit more, you paid a little bit more. Now that you can slice the pie, well, if you're asking me to choose between Peacock and Disney Plus, somebody's going to win or lose. If you're asking me to choose between Paramount and Hulu, somebody's going to win or lose. So giving more incentive for people to watch Peacock, which is what they need, NBC needs people to do makes sense uh so bringing uh raw to nbc uh uh bringing nxt to nbc i don't know where that's gonna fit because i can say on usa you never know it could but it 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 does say and i quote the article while the new deal bring will bring wwe to nbc primetime and smackdown to usa fridays it will mean the end of raw and nxt on usa so this hollywood reporter article is kind of putting the nail in the coffin on Raw and, and NXT on the USA Network. It was definitely interesting wording. One thing I think they've gotten right with this last configuration they had with Fox, USA, and Peacock is that they were everywhere they needed to be. You had broadcast television mm. that anyone could get with an antenna. You got SmackDown. They were on old school cable with Raw and USA. And then you got the Peacock deal for everything else for streaming. So any platform you had, if you just had streaming, you had WWE. If you just got a rabbit ear antenna, you got WWE. Right. They were anywhere they needed to be. So the idea of them, if they could somehow get Raw on NBC, 
that's a hell of a move in my mind. And it, it honestly, short <laughs> of like getting a boatload of damn money to like move to some streaming service. I mean, I hear people kicking around the idea that raw is going to go to Amazon. Jeff right. Bezos is going to plant pony up all this money. It's like putting it behind a paywall. Even if it's Amazon, the only it, way I'd go that route, it, it would have to be a ton of money, Correct. a ridiculous amount of money to go that route. Cause the worth of being on like broadcast and just having that much visibility to people is right. invaluable. And especially when you already have a streaming arm with Peacock and that, that deal's not up the Peacock part for the pay-per-views that's still got a couple years on it. So that's not part of this. Yeah. If they can somehow USA move to NBC would be tremendous in my mind, if they can pull that off, but who knows? Part of me thinks if that was happening or at least possibility, I, you would kind of think it would have been announced all at once. So I don't know, but I guess anything's possible. Hell, where do you think possible. NXT lands up, though? I mean, I think that that's kind of the odd man out. Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe just on Peacock, like it used to be. I well, it's it's and still well, is yeah. maybe off our television screens completely. I don't, you know, that's an right. option a lot of people haven't really talked about, especially right. when we get to like the releases and such. But you know, for me personally, NXT hasn't been must see TV in a long time. Um, and I used to be a, a ardent NXT watcher. Now, when the 2.0 turned to kind of like 2.0 black and gold ish, still really hasn't taken a lot of people's attention. That's why you had Becky Lynch going over to NXT to, you know, work with Tiffany and whatnot. So, who's to say it's going to be on television anymore after this? It might just go back to doing a whole like, hey, let's take four shows in one day and then just put them on half an hour at a time, you know, on any kind of like network. So, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird, weird time in wrestling for business. Just weird. But I also think that this is part of it when it comes to the leveraging, uh, you know, traditional uh, TV, cable TV versus streaming versus mobile. And I think that that's also a thing that people don't consider as well is that the the, the viewing public and their options are so uh, plenty. It's too it's too many options. Yeah. Right. And and that's and obviously you, you could say like, well, that's dumb. Obviously, more options are, are better. For the consumer, sure. I'm glad that I have as many options as I do for things. However, uh, if you are WWE and you're and you're not just fighting, uh, you know, your other in um, I was going to say in state, but your other uh, competition within the wrestling realm, uh, you know, or Impact, your AW, MOW, whatever, uh, Twitch streams and, and YouTube and the like, uh, Japanese stuff as well. You are really fighting everything all at once. Um, and how do you get people to watch your show? Now, the, the real is, I think it, it's Raw needs to be two hours. That'd be perfect. Raw needs to be two hours. I don't care if they have like a studio show at eight that hype the, the pregame show or whatever that hypes up Raw. Um, maybe a, you know, a 30 minute rewind, look back at last week and then a 30 minute studio show live and then mm. raw live at nine o'clock. Um, you know, something for the casual fans to, uh, catch up on and then something for the, uh, you know, the, the hardcore fans to get more of, but yeah, I think that's number one. Raw needs to be two hours. Uh, raw nine to 11 would be a, okay. That's the way they started. That's the way they should finish it. Uh, NXT, I do think, moves to Peacock Premium, um, and it just, you know, airs when it airs, 
and and then SmackDown is Friday nights on USA. Uh, you know, I don't know how long Raw is going to be three hours. I don't know if that's. I mean, they're probably going to want to make that a thing, but I would rather see a three-hour event than a three hours of wrestling. Yeah, no, for weekly TV. Two hours is definitely better than three hours. I mean, it was three hours on USA just to help with the rating there. But I think if they, if they can get it off USA and it goes to NBC or a major network, then I, can, I doubt they would give a whole night to them. I could totally see a scenario where some other stuff is on from eight to nine. You know, hell, they got an hour or something or hour or some reality show or something. That's the completely, thing, well, completely unrelated thing to WWE. Then WWE comes on at nine. NBC totally doesn't really that. do reality shows. You know, and and also they have given the entire night to somebody. They they they've given Law and Order on Tuesdays. Right. You know, they've given yeah, those Chicago. Are fran- those are franchise shows for them, though. That's well, like I mean, they are now because Chicago yeah. just came out like right. recently. Law and Order's been a, been on a thing for like twenty five years, but they've given these um uh, these themed nights to uh, particular um, properties that they have. Does that mean that we're going to start seeing, you know, John Cena or Chicago PD? I don't know. But <laughs> no, but to, to your point, it's WWE night is something that I didn't even think of that maybe NBC could do considering that, you know, a lot of the shows that we would put out or produce have been on strike and, and who's to say about the sack after thing continuing on and who's to say we're going to get better television shows because we're talking about all of our attention spans being pulled in different directions. So they're very, very well may just be a WWE centric primetime night. I mean, they canceled Young Rock. They should just bring that back now just for the shits and giggles of it all. But who's to say, you know, Law and Order night, Chicago night, wrestling night, not out the realm of possibility. At this point, at this point with the strike, I figure anything's possible as far as like the way they're going to fill time this fall. Hell, I mean, they're already throwing Monday Night Football back on ABC instead of ESPN because like, hell, we got time to fill simulcasting on both. So anything's possible, I figure, as far as that goes. <laughs> All right. So SmackDown News started the day. And then from there, things end. got interesting. The rumors started that there might be some cuts in coming. We had last uh, Friday a number of cuts behind the scenes. About 100 office staff were let go in various different departments, which we knew this was coming with the merger. Last, you know, last week's show was all about the merger and TKO holdings being created. And, you know... New ownership, they're going to go over the books. They're going to look at stuff. So today so far, I'm assuming there haven't been any added in the last uh, 20 minutes while we've been on the air. But by last count, there were 16 releases today between the main roster and NXT later in the day. So I'm going to run down the list here just to set the table of uh, who has been released. So. Biggest names at the top here. Dolph Ziggler after, geez, a number of, maybe 15 years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I mean, he goes back. Ziggles goes back. I mean, it's all his spirit squad. So Dolph Ziggler has been released. Shelton Benjamin has been released. Elias has been released. Mustafa Ali was the first one we heard about. He has been released. Emma has been released along with Madcap Moss. Uh, Aaliyah has been released. Another one who's been there had a, probably the longest NXT run of anyway, anyone in the history of NXT, probably. Uh, top dollar of Hit Row, Rick Boogs, Daba Kato, our former uh, uh, Commander Aziz. Aziz. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was released. Bryson Montana, an NXT name that I just, I don't know if he ever made TV. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't remember the name. Uh, Shanky, 
another NXT and sometimes main roster guy. Pour one out for our next two. Our maximum male models, Mace and Mansoor. Long-time favorites. These these are the ones that upset me. These are the ones that upset me here. Mansoor is gone. And to finish up the list, Quincy Miller and Dana Brooke. Another long-time name that has been around for quite some time. So 16 total. Who knows if everyone got noticed today? There might be more happening tomorrow. I, I don't know, but that's a lot of names. Um, the initial thing that got me is like, okay, a lot of people that have been there a long time, a lot of people that, you know, were kind of haven't been doing much with them lately. A lot of people who just, you know, they're there, but not real outside of Mustafa Ali, who is figured into things in NXT currently. And uh, who else? Dana Brooks has been doing some stuff in NXT mm-hmm. here and there. So she's been around. Uh, everybody else on there. Aaliyah so was a two-time it. champion. No, a two-time tag team champion. That's right. Yeah, I think she's been out injured. Yes. So Shelton hasn't been around much lately. Dolph, you know, would pop up here and there. But Mustafa Ali was right, the most active as far as uh people on that list. But I guess uh initial reactions that we can get into uh who who who's got a who's who's got some a, a future here who's got some a uh, who are we looking to see do something <laughs> yes six eight Jake they drop top dollar again again <laughs> people come again. and go people come and go that is what happens he'll be back <laughs> so to answer back. your question is there any response like I'll just jump in and say this doesn't surprise me at all it never does. I love when the internet gets all up in outrage of all the Dabakato fans out there talking about this was unfair. This is unfortunately the cost of mergers in business. We do this every year. We had this exact show when Bloody Tuesday or whatever day it'll be. Trash bag day. Yeah, trash bag day. (laughs) We have this show. People are sad for five minutes, except for maybe the most top tier names on the list. So what are we looking at? Mustafa or Mustafa? Uh, Dana Brooke and the maximum male models. Were any of these people beating up your screens? No, except for Mustafa, who was a free agent, which is probably the most they gave him to work with since he was what the SmackDown hacker. Great talent. Oh, yeah. Great talent. But WWE was never going to get behind him much as the IWC would lead you to believe. Dana Brooke, been there as a super duper trooper senior along with Aaliyah. Up, down, back up, back down. Never really got a run with, except with the, what, the, uh, not the hardcore championship. What was it? 24-7 title. Right. And, she and, 24. She, and she tried to make it something. Like, to her credit, she tried to elevate that title, albeit when Becky Lynch pooped on, pooped on it in live air. You know, like, whatever. That doesn't matter. So, what are we sad about? Are we sad about people losing their jobs? Yeah, that sucks. That fucking blows when people lose their jobs in, in any economy. Are people getting fired up from their dream? That makes it sad as well. Cool. But at what point are we just going to say, this is what this is normal. This is normal. It doesn't matter if you're JTG or a top dollar or Aaliyah or Mustafa. It's Samoa Joe got cut. You know, things are going to get happen are going to happen. I'm not surprised by this anymore. I don't even have an ardent reaction to it like most people. But what cracks me up is just the amount of people who swear now that they're Shanky fans. When in reality, my man, you know, was a dance machine, you know, great Kali circuit 2.0, you know, to do the dance gimmick. But this isn't surprising. 
So I'm just excited to see if any of these people land on their feet in other promotions or just if they just they leave wrestling altogether. So that's the only thing for me that I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, again, the human story is people lost their jobs. That fucking sucks. But aside from that, this is nothing new. So I don't understand the the typical outrage that we're seeing. Yeah, um, I'm going to push back on a couple of things you said, because, you, you know, the first thing you said was people losing their job and it sucks. Um, not if you're not good. I mean, that, that's kind of, of the thing. I mean, you have to be able to produce results. Uh, in a corporate environment, to, correct. None of these, none of these fires, to, to your point, are unjustified. You know, these are people that have been bubbling, have made it known that they want to do something else. Uh, Ziggler, I'm not going to say he's been dogging it, but he's definitely been um, cruise control. Yeah, you know, been on, been yeah, he's definitely been uh, lame duck. Um, in his how past. many years has he been getting a check? I mean, over a decade, Shit. easily. Twenty, Longer. damn mm-hmm. near twenty. Yeah. If it ain't twenty, it's got to be nineteen. Yeah. But um, you know, so we used to look at. Uh, you know, Mustafa Ali, Emma, I didn't know she was even back. Um, Elias, top dollar. Um, Aaliyah, stealing checks from NXT for the past like seven, eight years. Um, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler. These aren't names where you go, how will the company survive without them? Correct. And if you're looking to make cuts, these aren't like malicious, petty <clears throat> you know, cuts on the surface. Maybe they are backstage. But on the surface, these are, um, you know, now the question is, how much money do they actually save by cutting all these people? Because I can't imagine that these are high dollar value talent. I can't imagine top of, dollar. That might be part of why there's 16 of them. Add yeah, it all I, up and it becomes something. Exactly. Correct. So I can't imagine why top dollar you know, is, is commanding a king's ransom by himself. But it is kind of like, well, no. If you had to cut someone, you would start here-ish. Uh, Ali didn't want to be there. Nope. Ziggler has been on the way out. Eh, you don't really, you're not using Shelton Benjamin. Dana Brooke has been, you know, kind of been behind the eight ball for the last five or something years. Um, they could have done anything with Mansoor. They could have done anything with Marseille, and they didn't. Um, and it is kind of what it is. Now, the thing that, the reason why, yes, the, the firing, uh, you know, that, that is, is terrible, you know, as far as um, the fact that these people woke up today looking to go to work and then that's they're not going to finish the week but they're also going to get paid for the next three months uh so there's that there is some solace that if you if you're going to cry uh crocodile tears for for everybody however i do want to see and i'm hopeful for the future because ali was putting out those training videos yes, he was. and about how he's a he's going to go out there and do something please let me go um you know we know that um um Ziggler's brother in aew would they you know, join up and get a run and, and together? Uh, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable, Cedric Alexander, to be honest with you, have uh, really been handcuffed by WWE as far as their potential. I, I don't think P- Benjamin has peaked, and he's been there a good long while. Right. So if, if this is his last run, five-year run, I want to see him rip shit up. You know, whether it's in a high-powered Indies, maybe it's an AEW, maybe it's an Impact, but I want to see... Uh, you know, I, I don't think a lot of these guys that I'm mentioning, and I'm, and I'm not mentioning some of the other ones. Uh, I think a lot of you think a lot of these guys are wrestling to pay the bills. I think they're wrestling, you know, for the wrestling. That's their job. That's what they want to do, and they'll do that anyway. And I think everybody that we've been naming, as far as the bigger names that we're going to see, have enough name power to go out there, be the big fish in a small pound pond on an indie show, and command 
a dollar and get back to work. I don't know what Bryson Montana or Daniel MacArthur or Kevin Ventura Cortez is going to do. I don't know what Alexis Gray is going to do. I'm sure there's a Del Taco on their town, you know, I, but, you know, sometimes you just got to start back over. We've all been there. We've all had that feeling where somebody's told you your services are no longer needed. Here's your shit and get in the cab and go home. That, that's and any job. That's any, any job. job. That's mm-hmm. any job. It doesn't matter what the job is. You, you know, your life kind of flashes, your work life flashes before your eyes and you realize that what could I have done? What could I have done? This before? Who did I piss off? What did I, what, well, how do I learn from this? How do I grow from this? And I think because they're wrestlers, um, you know, I don't see anybody, you know, can't come back and, and pick this thing oh. back up. Yeah. Like, like crazy wild scenario. Dana Brooke goes on a hell of a run in the Indies. <laughs> Let's hold that right surprised. there. Let's mm-hmm. hold that right there. Let's take our mid-show break. We come back. That's why I specifically want to get into of the people on this list. Who has a chance to go somewhere? Who has a chance to do something? And which of these people? Because some of these folks you know this is gonna happen. This is the flip side. There's some folks who are gonna get cut here that we ain't just ever gonna hear from again. There's two two sides of the story here. So we're gonna talk about that on the other side of the break. Thanks for being with us here tonight, folks. Your big gold belt wrestling podcast will be back right after this. Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, folks. Second half of your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We were getting into it before the break. The slew of releases from WWE today. About 16 of them that we know of so far. Could be some other ones percolating out there that might not have picked up their phone or something. But as we were getting into, a lot of uh, lower-level names, some NXT faces, people who've been around a while. that No one I would describe as like a big-time person that were like, you know has been really figured into things that have been like, you know, on the, on Peacock, on the pay-per-views all the time. Um, so what this turns into for me is, I guess another detail we should bring up real quick is that from all accounts, everyone here's on a gotten the uh, 90 day release cycle. Yes. So it's not a matter of contracts ending where people can, you know, immediately go out and uh, start looking for stuff immediately. We're looking at 90 days. So, which will be right at the holidays when people will apparently be free and clear. Mansoor yeah. confirmed that today in his uh, little statement he made that uh, December 20th, he's uh, looking for bookings. So looking at these names, there's, you know, the people that like, okay, Shelton Benjamin, we know he's done Japan before. He's done stuff mm-hmm. out there. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, God, I mean, he's been around so long. He did OVW before he got to WWE. He's a guy where I'm like, I could see it going one of two ways. Either maybe he might have an interest in doing stuff out there, 
Or he might also be like, I've been doing this for 20 damn years. I'm ready to do something else. Just you know? do my stand-up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's- I mean, we know he has his, his hands in our stuff. And as you all mentioned, he's someone who's kind of been coasting for a while. But is that just because of his environment? Or could this possibly light a fire under him and, you know, make him want to do something else out there? Uh, Mustafa Ali, Lord knows. He, he, here we go. Mustafa Ali is probably the one that is the case of, You've said you've wanted a chance to do something else. Well, there now you, go. you got it. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Here you go. Ball's in your court now. So come December, is Mustafa Ali going to show up somewhere? Because he's got all the talent in the world. And it's been a good year of uh, him making it known that he'd like to do other stuff or, you know, have an opportunity. And, you know, say what you will about WWE. I mean, a guy with all that talent and they tried different stuff with him. They definitely tried different things. It's not like he was never given opportunities. He was given opportunities, but none of them ever seemed to click just, you know, in the best way possible. So maybe in someone else's hands, different, different ball game for him, but I, I don't know. Look, looking at that list, Damien, get, who, who's someone you want to see elsewhere? Maybe you got any specific ideas in mind as someone like that might tear it up in a specific place here's what i want to see um you know you said mustafa well you know I, I, we can talk about that but i want to see dana brooke go to impact and i want to see how she works with that roster because even at the lowest end of that totem pole over at impact those are still legitimately great wrestlers to work with in that division because we talk about you know, when wrestlers go over to uh, the land of all elites and then they get lost in the shuffle two minutes later. And then we've talked about the fact that Tony and co can't book the women's division to save their life. Well, Dana wanted a chance for how long? So why not go to impact and try there to work with women's wrestlers or just wrestlers period who take their craft. I'm not saying people don't take their craft seriously elsewhere, but you know, if you are a certain, certain type of wrestler, you go there you sink or swim really quickly. Or you're you going to be find... given the platform. You're Correct. going to get an opportunity. Or you'll find the niche that suits you potentially. You know, God God knows Johnny Swinger is 95 years old, still working impact dates. So who's to say she wouldn't be able to thrive over there? Uh, Mustafa, I think he could literally just be a trainer at this point in his life, have his own wrestling school and not have to put his body on the line, like we say, for a long period of time. Because if you've seen people tweeting in the Midwest today, Chicago freelance, he could pretty much just buy freelance and run that as promotion of his own self. And he doesn't have to take a lot of physical beatings to make a living because he's been a great trainer out there in the Chicagoan area. So that's a route he could take. Do I want to see him in Japan? Yeah. Do I want to see him in impact? Hell yes. Because I think he would, he would freshen up the impact men's division as well. But as far as like Dolph Ziggler, Everyone's claiming that he should go to AEW. No, I think he's the one that needs to go to Japan. I think if he really wants to steal the show, he can go over to Japan. Shit, he could go to DDT Wrestling, infiltrate that, and fight people on a train and be entertaining (laughs) and sell people, you know, sell getting super kicked on like a a bullet train in Osaka. So for me personally, that is where I can see a lot of these talents going because. AEW is not the place. I'm sorry. If I see one of these three or four people show up at AEW, I'm just going to yawn. And I know I'm Jamal can, can chime in, you know, being the, the Advent AEW cor- uh, correspondent. But that's where I can see most of these people going. Or just just take a break. 
How about y'all just rest your bodies? How about y'all try something different? Like you said, Will, about uh, good old Dolphy boy doing stand-up. Try something different. You know, you don't have to be taking bumps, you know, for another three months. Just see what you can get. And if you tear up the indie scene, great. Because, uh, you know, Jamal, you know, you know the indie spotlight better than I do now. So maybe there are promotions out there that these people can thrive in. And if you know any, you can, you know, drop it off for us here. But that's what I want to see. I want to see people try something different and not just, I'm going to go to AEW. Okay, what else you got? So that's why I yeah. stand on that. <clears throat> yeah, I think the, the big thing is is to figure out why you're doing this. Correct. Um, personally, as a fan that's not that doesn't owe any of these people any money, um, I, I want to see them do uh, the activity because they enjoy the activity and not necessarily because this is what their job is. Um, so if, if the handcuffs were on and WWE did a thing and, uh, you know, whatever, I think that there's some really creative people out there that's, that's on this list. Now, obviously we're naming the people that we know because there are a lot of people from the NXT side of things that I don't know, um, on this list. So, you know, they they may have a bit, they may fall a little bit harder, um, you know, to the bottom and have to pick themselves up. It may take them longer to pick themselves back up. Uh, but Elias, for example, is 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 horribly creative and and everything that they've given him um he's managed to get over to some degree now as far as him being a wrestler eh, sure but i think that his you know his his creativity um in like a damian sandow kind of a way uh you know we'll get him we'll go have him go a lot farther than somebody like top dollar um who is not the showman and not the wrestler that he thinks he is but, uh, you know, Shelton Benjamin, world-class uh, wrestler. Mustafa Ali, world-class wrestler. Uh, Elias, not a bad wrestler. Mansoor, not a bad wrestler. So it will be interesting. Dana Brooke, 2024, it's the year of Dana Brooke. Um, I, I want to see them take more chances and get back into the wrestling for, uh, you know, wrestling. wrestling's sake mm-hmm. and not just jump from one mediocre gimmick to another mediocre gimmick because you are on um, jump from WWE to AEW. And that's also something to consider too. There is no more dark. There is no more elevation. So there is no more quick paydays where you can just come in for a couple spots and make your name that way. You kind of have to be established if you want to break into AEW because they're not going to do it for you. You know, you have to get, you have to get yourself over. Um, when they say independent contractor, they mean independent because it's all on you, you know, to get it done. And if you don't come in with a gimmick that's going to be viable for TV, then you're going to be they're going to put you behind the paywall of honor um, or rampage, which actually may be worse. But I think Elias can pull it off. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Mustafa can pull it off. I think Shelton Benjamin can pull it off. I think Ziggler can pull it off. But what about the guys that don't necessarily that never really had that chance that got let go? I think those may be the ones that may be the biggest surprise. Like I've not seen Commander Aziz outside of WWE. You know what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, I've not seen Mansoor outside of WWE. Uh, what does that look like? And I hope. Um, you know, I, I've seen Aaliyah up up in Canada uh, many years ago uh, when she was doing her thing with the Indies, uh, but. Maybe she learned something that this um, 
you know, brown skin Brit Breaker, they ain't the gimmick for you. You gotta, you gotta come back with something else. So it would be interesting to see how people uh, rebuild. And I think that's the thing that I'm going to be looking forward to over the next 90 days. Uh, mark this date down, December 20th, uh, 2023. That's when a lot of the 90-day non-competes will be up for the WWE folk. The NXT thing, I think it's 45 days, if it, to correct me if I'm wrong on that. That's right. It's usually this, a shorter deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but 90 days. So just before Christmas, December 20th, that's where we're going to start hearing and seeing the names. That's where we're going to start seeing the teases. And, and I think that it's going to be really interesting to see you know, formerly known as whoever the hell, uh, come out and do their thing on their own terms. And if you can't have it both ways. People complain about WWE putting the handcuffs on folk and, right. uh, you know, stifling their creativity. Well, now that they have the opportunity and a full palette, let's see what they do with it. Now, this isn't the way that I obviously anybody would want them to go about it, but... Um, I would rather Mustafa Ali be released today than go through another year of begging for it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's sink or swim time. So we'll we'll see in three months what yeah. happens. It's gonna make for an interesting start to 2024. So there's suddenly gonna be a lot of people on the free market out there for some of these companies. I mean, hell, we got MLW out there, you got impact out there, you got all these smaller companies. There's yeah. if you're a but you also have these super indies that are doing things with Japan. So yeah. we, we, you know, that we were talking about, um, you know, uh, what, what's that thing called? Prestige wrestling, doing thing with the DDT. Um, yeah. You know, you had a, you know, Gato Move and Pro Wrestling Eve show. You know, so it's not like the wrestling world isn't just, oh, no, I'm outside of a WWE. Now I got to go back to working at Jack in the Box. It's like, no, there are things. And Japan is a lot closer than ever because New Japan Strong is a thing um, out in L.A. You know, the Japanese are coming west. So if you can make it to Oregon, you know, there's a show for you. And and if you have enough of a name, you can't get over. So uh, the UK is, has opened back up as far as their indie scene, um, Germany, France as well. So I'm not saying that it's going to be easy versus knowing that you've got to be in Cincinnati on Monday. But I think it hopefully it'll be a lot more fun. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. There you go. All right, let's switch gears. We've been talking a lot about WWE and all their drama today. Earlier in the week, there was a bit of excitement with um, we've talked a lot about Max and Max getting into streaming and live sports and all this. And, you know, there's been rumblings for a long time. And I think it was Monday. Yeah, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. One of the two. This week has really flown by for me. They came out with the announcement finally that Max is going to be adding a sports tier. It's going to cost you 10 bucks extra. So they're not just including it. They're not just giving you sports on top of what they already have. Hold that thought. They technically are for three months. Then they're going to pull it away just in time for March Madness. Go but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going to give you that taste, but then they're going to charge you for it. It's going to cost you 10 bucks on top of your base subscription. But Max will be adding sports, which got a lot of people's attention because we've been talking about this for a long time about, you know, them having live events on there. The interesting twist was in their announcement, they made it very clear that they led with the MLB playoffs in October are going to be on there. A number of NBA games are going to be on there. The NHL is going to be on there and us soccer is going to be on there missing completely from this announcement in every way, shape and form is AEW, which had a lot of wrestling. That I think that might be part of it. 
hold that thought. I think that might be part of it since they are technically, they are marketing is definitely as their sports tier, but they definitely had a lot of uh, disappointed wrestling fans at uh, day who were, uh, why isn't AEW part of this? Why isn't AEW in this? Uh, we thought we were going, the pay-per-views would be on here now. And it's like, people don't seem to, at no point has anything ever officially been said or like, you know, through anyone of any authority saying, we're trying to get on Max or we're, you know, like I think they've made sense of like wanting to, and I, it'd be ideal. It'd be a great thing to happen, but there's never been anything to the point of like, Oh, there's, there's wheels in motion. It's, it's, you know, it's, ha- there, there's talk about, you know, maybe the Wembley show would have been on max. Well, it came and went and it wasn't. So yeah, I think, so here's my question. Here's my question. Since it's not happening yet. And like we said, they're going to go for three months and then they're going to start charging right before March Madness. Smart move on their part. They're going to make you pay if you want to see March Madness. Throw down the 10 bucks for it. So do you think next year AEW ends up on Max with their pay-per-views as part of this deal? Or is it going to be like, are they still going to have to be something separate? I mean, that's the thing that was kind of jumping out at me. Is like, if they're going to charge 10 bucks more, baseball going to want some of that 10 bucks. NBA going to want some of that 10 bucks. NHL's on there too. They're going to want some of that 10 bucks. They got heavy hitters at the table here. So... How's this gonna how's this gonna work? Well, Can AEW fair, get on there, you think? I think that uh I'm gonna and I'm gonna speak for baseball. It, it's is starting with the uh National League Division series. Mm-hmm. Now I do believe those games would air on TBS anyway Typically, and yes. would be produced yeah. by Turner. Yes. So it's not like they're doing anybody a favor by taking away from somebody. Um they are just um able to uh allow those things to be in one space under the sports banner yeah. for um, for Max. Uh, and it also doesn't say that the NLDS or any of the baseball players that would be covered on Turner would be exclusive to Max because that it's like, would it's like be... like they're simulcasting. That would be yeah. dumb. Right. Yeah. So that's what I think it is. Um, and, and notice that they're starting before March Madness because March Madness broadcast on Turner, True TV, all the other things. Mm-hmm. So I think instead of having to find True TV on your, on your TV... Um, you can just pay nine ninety nine and see four games in one or whatever the uh, fluff is. Maybe they have it in four K. Uh, I don't know, but but that could they would need some incentive because you're. I'm, why would I pay unless it's going to be an exclusive deal and you're moving the thing that was free per cable uh, to behind the paywall, which is dumb. Uh, why would I pay for a simulcast? Uh, you would have to bring me something in, in addition to that. With that said, though, where does AEW fit in? AEW is a TV show. Now, if you were to say that, well, TNT um, or Turner or, or you know, and their um, scripted television shows, TNT, TBS, True TV, Discovery Channel, uh, Animal Planet, or whatever, uh, if they're being bundled in one thing, then it may be. Then where does AEW fit into that? Because that's how I think Warner Brothers views the product. I think they view the product as a scripted television show. And not a live sporting event. Um, I think that this is no different than um, the beat Shazam live. <laughs> if you're if you're a marketing guy, if you're an ad guy, if you're uh, a TV executive, uh, I, I don't think this is any different than the Bachelorette uh, being live. Zero. Mm-hmm. It's like reality TV, essentially. Is what That's what this is. is. That's what it is. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scripted television show. It's not a sporting event. It's not we a sporting event. 
We've been told this since we were kids. This is not a sport. This is sports. It's the intersection of sports and entertainment. So I've heard. It's medieval times, like I like to say. So it's one of those things where why would you want this as part of your sports tier? I understand if it was shoot wrestling, like, okay, great. We can get like actual shoot wrestling, like uh, what's a fox catcher with uh, (laughs) with the pot family, like something like that. Sure. I could see someone wanting to watch maybe college wrestling. Great. But AEW? No, this is the big boy table. Like you said, NBA, MLB, NHL. No, you don't belong here, wrestling. Go play over there. No, sorry. And and notice that they that they mentioned things that they already produce. They have they cover basketball on Tuesdays and Wednesdays or whatever. Mm -hmm. They cover hockey on Wednesdays. They cover March Madness uh, during that time in March, Um, and they cover baseball towards the end of the year in the playoffs. So it's not like they're they're and and whatever U.S. soccer ball uh, games that are going on. Cool. But it's just that, um, uh, and I, I actually disagree with that because you Same. watch sports because it's sports. You watch entertainment because it's entertainment. You know, it doesn't have to be both. Um, with that said, though, it is kind of like uh, a, a thing where you there's trying to the segment things where they had CNN Max, which is going to be this news buffet, and then they have a sports buffet. And I wonder what's going to happen to the rest of it, your traditional television buffet. Which is just going to be seventeen hours of charmed episodes, or oh god, <laughs> all all those Discovery Channel shows they have. Maybe that's kind of what, what AEW ends up getting lumped in with. Is like this is all there's our slate of reality programming, and they get kind of lumped in with that side of it. Now, right. if that ends up happening as where they're not part of the sports tier, it might end up being beneficial for wrestling fans if they don't have to pay an extra ten bucks for it to be part of it as part of the base subscription instead. But I figured there's a lot in play here because we got to remember they have deals in place for the pay-per-views. Mm. So there's some sort of contracts that were out there already for pay-per-view distribution. So yeah, it could because very Bleacher Report, be- they were showing yeah. the pay-per-views on Bleacher Report. Right. So, that yeah, that was is- their streaming version, but they're still on traditional pay-per-view too Correct. on top of that. So it could easily be a situation where certain deals have to expire before they can change what they're doing. I mean, there could be a lot of things involved. I don't think it's as simple as just, just throw, just throw them on max. I mean, how, like we've been kind of saying from the beginning back when it was HBO max. I mean, from the jump, if they wanted them on there, it could have happened a long time ago. And clearly it hasn't for some reason. Right. You know, if two James is here, he'd be, he'd be jumping all over this. (laughs) I'm sure dealings with Warner brothers and uh, their whole entertainment division. And just, you know, something for some reason, there hasn't been an interest in doing this quickly, at least. So well, I, want, I want to jump in on what Jake is saying here, that it's largely semantics. Wrestling is an athletic competition, even if scripted, just like any traditional sports. And then he goes on to say people consume it as entertainment. That is well and true. But if you're marketing a sports add-on to your network of nine ninety nine. If you're a diehard sports fan who doesn't view wrestling as sport, not, not out of our bubble, why would that be in there? Our bubble, albeit whatever size it is in the wrestling world, is that enough to say, yeah, put AEW on there and I'm going to get my $10? No. You put NBA and NHL in there, that'll get my $10. And I'm a wrestling fan. But I can see why a network wouldn't view it as such because they're thinking away from us and the big picture in entertainment and thinking, well, you can't bet on wrestling results. I mean, you can, but you know, it's not something you can really bet on. 
So why put on a sports channel? You know, back when, okay, prime example, when we were kids, we had in the East Coast, we had sports channel, which the Mets were on channel 26, you know, they had their own before the whole, um, whatever these like separate networks, you had to pay extra to watch the Mets. Just like when the Yankees went to yes, you had to pay extra to watch the Yankees. But WWE stiff was still on MSG network. You didn't have to pay extra for that. So you can find a general sports network on regular cable or whatever regular streaming that's not an add-on and throw that on there. Provided if you're having, let's say, Hulu and you have commercials, something like that. But including (laughs) it in your WWE sports-centric add-on. Two James heard us. Oh, did he? (laughs) Oh, here he is. Hello, sir. He said what he said. They don't care about AEW. Thank you. And you know, to tie the bow on it, they don't care about AEW enough to include it. And that's okay. That's quite okay. But let me let me just deviate really quick before we have to wrap up and say, I see what's happening with, with television and streaming and all these options that Jamal said earlier. This is no better. It's probably even worse than when we had cable. Like, we're going to all wind up paying $150 a month for all these goddamn uh, streaming services just to get what we want to watch. We're going to take Max here, Netflix here, Disney Plus here. Like, what? cutting the cord is what? Okay, we cut the cord, but now what do we cut the stream? Like, what are we doing now as a consumer? We're falling into the same trap. So I get why the networks are doing it. But for all of us who are paying nine bucks here, ten bucks here, twelve bucks here, what's the difference between this and cable? It, it's actually it's actually cable? worse because watch out for not, Tubi. Not only did we cut the True. cord, but we we cut the cord and added the internet. Right. Because you need you need that to even get into the door. So uh, it, it's actually much worse than what cable uh, it is. I mean, look the, the the point is is that I don't think, and I do personally agree with with the sentiment of. AEW is not viewed as a sports show. I do not think that wrestling should be viewed as a sports programming by the nature of the fact that it's scripted. Um, so I'm just going to just, just full stop. With that said, because of that, I think because a because uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery haven't really moved on their traditional scripted, you know, generally hourly programming, um, you know, I think that we would see if AEW were to land somewhere, it would land next to deadliest catch right. and, and and you know you know they prom- they promoted shark week you know that's that's, that's what right. it is that's where they are in the ecosystem they are a tv show that happens to be live um live athletic competition James yeah but so is big brother but that's not sports either yeah i can but, uh, i can give it live athletic american competition. gladiators you know? american gladiators <laughs> boom reality yeah. tv cuz that's W-M-A-C what american gladiators was <laughs> it's a game show <laughs> yeah but but so that's that's what it is. I mean, you know, Money in the Bank is actually a game show. But no, but it, it's a thing. I mean, and I think that in general, um, also because of AEW, I think the expectations for AEW may have actually been been increased. Mm. At first, it was any ratings are good ratings because we don't know what we're getting, and now it's just like, oh, we're actually a thing. How do we get better at this? And we haven't seen the growth that I think that they should be having. So maybe. It is kind of on AEW to go, well, they're good. Maybe they've peaked. We don't have to invest in them. Also, they're really cheap to produce, and we only distribute them uh, because that's con. That's up to con to produce the show. 
So the only thing we need to do is distribute it. We don't really care. Um, it doesn't cost us any money to move it anywhere. People are going to watch it regardless. So I, I do think that it's a little bit of column A, wrestling isn't a sport, so we're not going to treat it as such, and a little bit of column B, uh, AEW is doing, you know, is knocking up against the ceiling, so we really don't have to do anything to it anyway to drive people to the service. Right. So, uh, you know, what will they do going forward? Time will tell, but I don't I don't see uh, Warner Brothers Discovery being eager to move AEW anywhere, especially uh, after renegotiating the deal. Correct. Yeah. That's and and the deal is still coming coming next year. I think their deal is up completely. Right. So they got to there's 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 wheels in motion here. Right. right quick before we go, let's quickly cover the big surprise return that happened last week because it got people talking. It was going to be one of our main topics tonight before all this drama happened. So we're quickly going to go around the table before we put a bow on this. The Rock crash SmackDown last week. He talked on a Pat McAfee show about how him and Rowan Reigns were locked in for last year at WrestleMania, and then somehow it didn't happen. So it begs the question that ruffled a lot of people's feathers. If The Rock is available, if the strike is still going on, if he works it into his schedule, come next year, WrestleMania, Philadelphia, should he jump the line and get Roman Reigns, regardless of wherever the hell else is going on, do Rock and Roman Reigns next year at WrestleMania, if it can happen next year in Philadelphia. Damian, you first. Yes, it brings in money and eyes outside of the wrestling bubble. Duh, that's a no-brainer. You could do night one, him and Roman, night two, Cody and Roman. There you go. Have fun, guys. Like, that's simple. I think, it's, I think it's a Saudi show. Um, I, I think Ooh. that's where you do it, uh, okay. because you because you need you need that for, for the Saudi show. And WrestleMania is going to be WrestleMania. The, the buildup is going to be the buildup. Uh, but if they did it at WrestleMania, I don't think anybody would complain. But yeah. it needs to be the kingdom. All right. Jake says definitely do it. Two James says an appearance minimum. I mean, yeah, I mean, clearly he's going to show up. He, he'll be involved in some way or another. My thinking is if you can get The Rock and he wants to wrestle while he can still wrestle, you put The Rock in a damn match, whatever, whatever show he wants to be on, especially if you can get him against Roman Reigns and especially if he's willing to do what I would think he'd be willing to do and put over his cousin, you do it. You don't miss that opportunity. Nope. And then Cody after that can get his shot. It can especially happen. While the wider strike is going on. The actor strike <laughs> is going on. <laughs> yeah. No, because well, once the strike is over, he's going to go back to work. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the moment, Batista too. Hey, Cause people yeah, are talking about the, Batista also. So yeah. the, the rumors we were hearing last night about, you know, the writer's strike possibly wrapping up. It's like him and Cena both <laughs> are around right now. Cause they have the time on their hands, but exactly. the moment they're, the moment they get that text on their phone back to work. Yes. Soon priorities to work, we're going yeah. to get another bad Mortal Kombat commercial and you know, more. Uh, oh, I actually like the Mortal Kombat commercial. <laughs> I thought it was cool. <laughs> He's got to put over his cousin. Come on, it's that darn simple. It's Finish the story, Rob. Finish the story. There you go. Finish the story. So, okay, we're all in agreement. You do the match. A lot of people are like, he should, that's, that wouldn't be fair to Cody. Cody can wait. Cody don't care. Oh, he Cody fine. Cody can be right. It's going to be fine, folks. It's going to be fine, folks. All right. Thanks for tuning in tonight, folks. This was a busy show, and I'm glad y'all were here for it. A crazy day in wrestling with just a lot going on. 
So I'm glad we were able to break it down and chop it all up here for you. Folks, every Thursday night, 8 p.m., your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is live here on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all the streaming platforms. We're trying to get the video out there and have it. The next morning, Friday, it drops in podcast form on all your favorite podcast platforms. So if you want to listen to it as audio, you can listen to it as audio, or you can watch the video on YouTube. That stays up, too. So live at 8 p.m., Video lives on and the podcast lives on. Your Big Gold Belt podcast is always here for you each and every week. In the meantime, of course, check out BigGoldBelt.com for wrestling, movies, comics, and more. And on all your social media platforms, at Big Gold Belt, Twitter, Instagram, all those great things. I guess X, I should be calling it. Eventually, I'll get that down. But that's it, folks. We'll be back next week. Who knows what we'll be talking about, but thanks for being here. We had a lot of fun tonight, and we hope you did too. So until next time, we'll talk to you later.